This is Monster of the Week. I'm Jeremy Greer. It's got Chris and Jeremy. I'm Chris Mosier. Sam is gone and Dean's got work. Yes, get out of my ass. Come back, bitch and jerk. And this is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I talk about every single episode of the TV show Supernatural. We are back. We are getting super close to the end of season six, Chris. How, how do you feel about that? Feeling pretty good. Uh, the, uh, the season seemed to dip a little bit, but now I feel like it's making a comeback. I'm pretty excited about it. I was really, really enjoying these these episodes. These two are strong episodes, man. Like, I, just strong. it was really hard for me not to keep watching these. Like, we have a like we, you know, we watch two episodes a week and we record about them. Um, sometimes we do two or four a week. And like after the end of this, I was like, maybe I don't have to take notes. Maybe I could just watch these for fun. <laughs> like, this got me right back <laughs> into my normal supernatural vibe. So I was really excited yeah. to to talk about these. Uh, before we get into the main part of the episode, I just want to say thank you everybody for listening. I want to also thank everybody who donates at patreon.com slash monster of the week. Uh, doing that lets us do more cool shows. We'll have an announcement up for our coverage of the comic books shortly. Uh, we're kind of yeah. focusing on getting through season six, but I have read those six issues, Chris. I am ready to talk about them. <laughs> they are. Oh boy, Chris. We are. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy is always a good way to describe something. <laughs> those are, those are some episodes. All right. <laughs> Like that's some interesting stuff. Uh, our next goal is some some hardware upgrades, but we also have goals in there for covering uh, the books and the animes and more comics and more books as well as other TV shows. So go check that out. Patreon.com slash monster of the week. Chris, can you explain what the heck has been happening in season six so far? Uh, okay. There's <laughs> been a, there's been a lot of plots. So I'm just going to give you the, the ones that we're currently still dealing with. Uh, one of them is Eve, the mother of all monsters. She's uh, been loosed out of purgatory, and she's creating new kinds of monsters, causing all sorts of ruckus. Uh, the other one is that there is a pretty uh, hot and heavy war going on in heaven right now, and it's Castiel versus Raphael. And it's it's starting to seem like souls, human souls, are sort of the most powerful ammunition that one can have in, in any fight. And right now it's just Sam and Dean trying to, to find a way to take down Eve, that's their current goal. They have some uh, Phoenix Ash, which is supposed to be able to kill mm-hmm. her. And now they just need to find her and, and to do the killing, to hunt the thing. Uh, the first episode of the two we're going to cover today is titled Mommy Dearest. It was written by Adam Glass and directed by John F. Showalter and aired on April 29th, 2011. Sam and Dean meet Eve. Sam, Dean, Bobby, and Castiel track Eve to a small town in Oregon. The guys discover the townspeople have been converted to demons, but surprisingly, they all appear to be dying. When they finally do meet Eve, she decides to torture the brothers by bringing back their mother, Mary Winchester, as a demon. None of that is particularly accurate, Chris. <laughs> Most of that is no, wrong. No, it doesn't doesn't really <laughs> feel like what this episode is about, but not, all right. Not at all. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh so we start out with our, our usual Vin uh, montage that basically just catches up with Crowley and, um, being dead, with Eve being alive, with the boys getting Phoenix Ashes, and that's really about it. Um, then we cut to Eve, who is still this very uh, extremely young-looking girl who is uh, mm-hmm. walking into a bar, and she kind of starts 
uh, seducing people into violence, like literally yes. kissing people, and then they start fighting with the people next to them and turning this whole, uh, I said bar, but maybe it's a diner, uh, into complete and utter chaos. Mm-hmm. It, it gets pretty crazy pretty fast. I find that she's a bit creepier as this character when she's silent, uh, when it's just that sort of like, I was going to call it like confusion. I don't know if confusion is really the right, right word, but just like, this woman isn't speaking. She isn't communicating anything. She's just there and she's just looking at you. And then she's inciting this violence suddenly. Yeah, they don't write dialogue for Eve particularly well. And uh, I'm, I'm on record for not particularly liking this actress. Like, I don't think she delivers it very well. I feel like, and I want to say that I've mentioned this before, but um, like they, they went to this well with Lilith where they tried to get the sweet, innocent uh, looking actress to pull mm-hmm. off like the real demonic stares and things. And I don't think it's sold very well here so that anytime that she's just silent and kind of walking up to people, kissing them and making them go crazy. I think it works better. <laughs> like, and I hate yeah. to say that because I don't want to disparage the actress at all, but it just, it does, it does look that way to me. Like that's the way that I, I kind of come out of all of this. Mm-hmm. Well, it's weird when you're trying to write a, a matronly ancient character into a, a very young girl. Exactly. So. Yeah. It's uh, it is it is a disparity that like, it just it's hard to probably pull off in live action with anybody. Mm-hmm. But we we so we see this scene and then it's cut back to, uh, Dean, uh, who is currently packing some shotgun shells full of uh, phoenix ash, uh, and unfortunately, we're as we're about to learn, he spilled some of that phoenix ash on his hand and it didn't do anything. So now the boys. Uh, aren't so sure that their weapon to defeat Eve is even going to do anything. Exactly. Uh, and then they, he, he, on top of that, they can only make five shotgun shells. So that mm-hmm. even if, even if this is going to work, they only have five chances for this to, to happen. Um, they decide to call Kaz uh, to get Kaz's kind of opinion about all of this. Uh, and there's this great line that I'm sure like all of our dusty L folk are really like, which is that Kaz get out of my ass <laughs> thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Chris, I want to interrupt this podcast real quick. Am I saying Cass or Kaz all the time? We've gotten some. You compl- usually say it with the Z, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, but that's just when you're talking fast. I don't think that's how you really think his name sounds. I yeah. think it's it's just we've gotten what your we've accent gotten some complaints, Brandy. Just like when I say rum instead of room because that's what my voice. That's uh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, what okay. I do. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try to say the word rum all the time from here on out like kaz <laughs> had to go to his rum and man jess fine. makes fun of me so much for how i say rum i, I try i always stop and i go room <laughs> like <laughs> i really try to say room and like i know i do it but it, apparently it's a boston thing but i don't know if any of my friends do it uh what's what's interesting is that uh that rum thing is also like mm-hmm. a south new orleans thing like i huh I, I, I knew some people from uh south of new orleans and like the it doesn't matter the small town, but like they all said that the rum the same way, which I always thought was really weird that like it was a combination between Boston and Louisiana accent. Which yeah. Really that's strange. funny. Yeah. Um, so the line is Dean says, it's not like Cass lives in my ass. And then Cass shows up and he says, Cass, get out of my ass. Yeah, Cass, <laughs> and then Cass, like teleports in directly behind him. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, and he, and Castiel's like bemused. Uh, I, I was never in your, Dot dot dot. <laughs> like he just no idea what's going on. 
<laughs> it's funny because even though we're going to learn some uh, some deep dark cast secrets cast secrets over the next two episodes, mm-hmm. it uh, he still has a little bit of that sweet innocent angel boy to him, where he just doesn't quite yeah. understand how human humor works, and uh, it's 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 always nice to have that aspect of him in in these episodes. Yeah, uh, I feel like this next thing is is kind of random. Like Sam comes up with the idea like to find. Uh, to find Eve, they're going to need to find a friendly monster. And then immediately there's a crash scene and we're talking to Lenore, who we haven't seen for like two and a half to three years. <laughs> yeah, she was in uh, season two of Supernatural. It's the episode that they met Gordon. Mm-hmm. She was the friendly vampire who, mm-hmm. who kidnapped Sam and was basically like, yeah, I kidnapped you to now show you that I'm going to let you go and that we don't mean you any harm. Please leave us the fuck alone. Uh, but she's a little bit reluctant to, to talk to them because of Gordon. Um Obviously. Gordon actively like, torturing that woman. Yes. <laughs> Dean is like, if it makes you feel any better, Sam cut his head off with some razor wire. So <laughs> Yeah, Dean Dean is talking about this like it's the best thing in the world. He's like, it's totally awesome. And like Lenore's like I mean, it was a pretty dope kill. <laughs> it doesn't Lenore's like, this doesn't make me feel any better about the way that you kill vampires. <laughs> like I am still a vampire. <laughs> Dane Winchester. Come on, what are you doing? It's just interesting that they do this random like call back to this random monster but i mean that's a friendly monster mm-hmm. and as we learn lenore is like she is on the run from eve she doesn't want to be called in she's been fighting the monster inside of her all this time just like sam winchester and she also reveals i have already fed like this this compulsion this call that eve is putting out to all of us has already caused me to feed uh just my condition that i me giving you this information is that i want you to now kill me and Sam is like, but uh, I can't, I, could I just have sex with you first? Like, that would do it. Uh, and then Castiel just puts a hand on her and just vaporizes her. He does this angel Castiel. light and takes her down. For not, yeah. for not letting us, for, for not forcing us to go through another, are you ready for love? Could you imagine <laughs> Sam just knocking another monster off that list? Just, just carve another notch in the bedpost, baby. Jesus, Sam. <laughs> I'm sure he thought he crossed his mind. It cost Jared Padalecki's mind as he's reading the script. He's like, oh, are they going to make Sam do that? Okay, no, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, Castiel kills her, like, in some really bad CGI. Like, I don't I don't think this is particularly great. But uh, no. then teleports them to Grants Pass, Oregon, which is where she told him that they could probably find Eve. And they decide to go to a diner. And there's this weird scene that Supernatural has to do every once in a while to stay current. where like, hey, we have a tablet now. We need to talk about what tablets are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this was really random and weird. Uh, yeah. It's just like Bobby needs a computer. So Sam gives him a tablet and he just struggles to use it for a minute. Are they at the diner that Eve yes. is at? Mm-hmm. Totally. And they just, okay. And I don't know if she's there or not. I don't know if she's the waitress who gives them their food. I always assumed she was, but I, I would, they don't I, show her face. Th- yeah, they don't show her tell. face, but I'm going to assume so. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, why, why have two people dressed in that waitress outfit mm-hmm. when you can just have one? Is that the same like restaurant chain that they met? um bella at back in the day because i can remember bella wearing that yellow outfit or is it i feel like they only have one chain restaurant in supernatural yeah and i'm trying to remember the it's like huggenbotham or something uh it's definitely not huggenbotham de- but that's pretty good yeah that's my that's my star wars spinoff series <laughs> han solo and the death of the Hug- huggenbotham <laughs> It's uh Bigenthal's Jeremy. Whatever you do, stay out of the cantina on Huggenbotham. It is not a place. <laughs> These are not the Hug for well-to-do folk. For. <laughs> it's uh in Big Bigginson's, maybe. I think it's Bigginson's. I think I nailed it on. It might be. You know, it's Huggenbotham's. Um, it's definitely Huggenbotham's. I um yeah. This is uh so they're they're kind of 
like how do we how are, they're, they're discussing how are we going to do this and so castiel says oh i'll just search the entire town and then he just doesn't move <laughs> which leads to this kind of funny exchange between him and uh dane yeah where dane is our friend dane winchester says mom's making you limp yeah, yeah. And, and Cass says figuratively yes <laughs> figuratively yes uh which is which is nice and uh I basically I think he says at point point uh, without your power you're basically a baby in a trench coat which come on that's dang. exactly what he says Jesus <laughs> um so Bobby gets some some intel on a character from the cold open who who was touched by Eve uh, basically saying like yeah this dude um, he went to the doctor and some some stuff happened uh, because I don't remember what they said happened because what actually happened was way different. But this is this is their lead. They're going to go, you know, OK, we'll go check out his house. You go check out the doctor's office, see what happens. Um, I think that the doctor is also missing. Maybe that's yeah, just some information. None of this stuff really uh, matters a whole lot. As, like- as much as I'm being forgetful about this part, this is something that we were talking about previously is. I think we both really liked the investigation of this episode. It felt like a season one or season two, mm-hmm. good old fashioned, like, let's figure out what's going on here. And it just so happened that the thing that they're figuring out, as much as it feels small when they're going to a, a, a doctor's office and finding a dead body, it, but it's also leading them to the big bad of season six. You know, it, it's all, it seems like a, a small detective case that they're working on, but it's about to pop into something big. Yeah, it's, it's, like this isn't particularly like noteworthy. Like I don't think there's a lot of stuff that we could really like discuss about it, but it's just really nice to see kind of a return to form of, Oh, Hey, we have a lead. We're going to go pursue the lead. It's going to lead us to a different thing. And then when they get here, uh, ostensibly they're tracking down this dude named Ed and they mm-hmm. see Ed in the window. Ed is, was the guy from the cold open. And when they kind of have to break into the house because he looks very sick, they find like eight Eds <laughs> laying around this living yeah. room, which is a really evocative image and really fun. Like something we have not seen before in supernatural most of them are dead all but one are, are are dead and when they investigate and interrogate the last one that's alive it turns out it's marshall who was also in the cold open who had gotten turned into mm-hmm. ed who is basically out of his mind with misery and grief that he has been turned into ed he just keeps asking do i look yeah. like ed and sam's like no not at all man <laughs> tell us what you know you look fine we'll get you a mirror later just chill <laughs> um somewhere before this was so sam uh sam and bobby go off somewhere and i just really liked that pairing because i think the obvious great pairing is dean and castiel they try to break into the doctor's office dean's picking the lock and castiel's like this is gonna take long and dean's like what the fuck dude they find the dead body of ed and then they end up heading back to his apartment and meanwhile sam and bobby have to like just come from the doctor's house and they get busted by the the police officer there i think he's like the sheriff uh, but I liked I liked the Sam and Bobby com- combo because like they're both not like trying to be funny. They're both just like being like very serious investigators here, and it just it, it worked well. Um, they 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 see this this sheriff and they they flash their FBI badges and are like, yeah, you know, doctor's missing, cars in the driveway, stuffs all at home, wallets there. Like we, he just seems to have to have vanished. Let's go back to the station and talk about this. Um, has this cop been in this show before? He looked very familiar. I mean, I don't. I, I, he didn't, and I don't. He didn't I'm gonna tell you. Bells, I, don't, I don't. I don't. Know. I don't watch a lot of TV. I just watch Supernatural, so I just assume he's been <laughs> in Supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> I um, watch a lot of TV, and uh, this guy didn't, you know, trip any of my bells. But and who, who knows? He he could have easily been another episode. Um, did I, uh, 
I was just going to say, when is when do they talk about firearms? Because Castiel has a really great line about firearms here that just made me laugh. <laughs> what does he say? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't just, write this one down. I, I think Dean tries to give him a gun, maybe, and Castiel just says, I'm fairly unpracticed with firearms. <laughs> and Dean says, you know who whines? Babies. <laughs> Baby in a trench coat. Yeah. There's some really good Dean and Cass in this episode. Uh, There's a lot I, of good like Dean and Cass in this. They, uh eventually they get um, a lead to the bar from the cold open. And when they get yes, there, yes, they yes. find just tons of dead bodies. Uh, mm-hmm. it it was, tur- one of which Dean quickly realizes is a vampire because of the teeth. And then as he's checking the pulse, he sees that it's got like a claw coming out of its wrist. So that's also a wraith. It's a vampire wraith. And uh, that leads to one of the best running jokes in this episode, which is Bobby telling yeah. him that since he discovered them, uh, Dane Winchester gets to name him and <laughs> Dane immediately names them Jefferson Starfish, Jefferson Starships because they're horrible and hard to kill. <laughs> yes. Um, I also I just want to note really quick at, at some point in my notes here, I wrote that Sam's hair was the bomb.com for unfortunately okay. that's an expression I used, Okay, but Sam's hair was looking pretty good. It was a little bit sloppy the last couple episodes looking real sleek this time around, but yeah, so they did, they have the Jefferson starships now, which we're going to uh, just call starships. That's what these hybrid monsters are called. Mm-hmm. Um, having them refer they, they, to uh, them as Jefferson starships for the rest of the episode is really great and funny though. Cause yeah. it's just such an unwieldy phrase. <laughs> it really is like Dean, but you let Dean name one thing and that's what he comes up with. <laughs> uh, they, 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 all these, all these dead bodies that they look like they died from the flu. Like no hunter came in and killed these, these starships. It's like they, they got this monster mutation or this monster virus and it didn't take with their bodies. Mm. They, they died. They, they couldn't handle it. Um, and the but I think it's when they're, and, and, yes, and exactly. arrest everybody except for Dane who gets, um, who, who, who sneaks away, uh, and hides. You're just going to have people criticizing you for the way that you're pronouncing it now, but so, they, unless they listen to our other episode. Yeah. By the way, if you haven't listened to our special on the wayward sisters episode, if you want to get this running same and Dane joke, you might want to go listen to that. <laughs> I'll try to include something in the outtake so that people aren't completely confused. Uh, <laughs> They take everybody to the police station. It's really bizarre seeing uh, like Castiel just submit to this. Like he looks pissed mm-hmm. the entire time, and you're so used to Castiel being, you know, the size of a Chrysler building, kind of intimidating. That sure, you don't see him just going along with this. But of course, all of his power has been blocked, uh, so he can't really do anything. He's literally just a baby in a trench coat. Um, when they this get scene the- just happens really quickly and like mm-hmm. almost unnecessarily. I guess it's just establishing that, like, hey, everybody in town is trouble. Because as soon as they get to the police station, like, Dean, you know, Dean escaped. He's good. As soon as they get to the police station, Sam looks up at the camera and is like, oh, shit, they all have shifter eyes. They're monsters. Let's fight. Fight breaks out. And then Dean shows up just in the nick of time to, to chop some heads off with a machete. They, this, this scene, this fight scene is incredibly brutal. Like, they are chopping really people's is. faces in half. This is something that we don't normally get. Like, we get a little taste of this on an episode-by-episode basis, but this is a brutality that we haven't really seen before. They execute all of these Jefferson Starships. Like, completely execute them. Yeah, they go hard. They go hard. Uh, they also find uh, two kids that are, like, the doctor that they were looking for, kids. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if you caught this, Chris, but Sam literally turns the chair around backwards and, like, sits down to rap two of them like he's a college professor. <laughs> Did you see this? <laughs> Yeah. Listen, listen, sport. Yeah. Hello, fellow. When I was teams. your age. Yeah. What's up, kids? Hey, it's just me and you in here. We're just a couple buds. Just a couple of yeah, young young fellas. You can tell me what happened. 
Um, Autumn saw him basic- sit down like this and said out loud, he's a fucking narc. <laughs> Don't tell him anything. <laughs> he is a narc because then he performs all the fucking hunter tests on them, you know. Yep. Uh, holy water, just holy water, and silver, those are their only two tests, but they bet they do those two things. They slash these kids up with some silver knives, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. They they definitely go through all of the rigorous tests that they, they know how to administer. Like, you know, say the alphabet backwards, hold your nose, and walk into a straight line. Like, you know, standard stuff. The, the standard hunter tests. <laughs> uh, this leads to a, a kind of conundrum between Dean and Castiel. Uh, Dean obviously wants to take these kids and get them to safety. And they mm-hmm. have a, a family member that's out of town that they can run him over to. And Castiel's like, what are you doing? Like, these kids don't matter. We're, we're trying to stop Eve presumably saving millions of lives in the process why would you take the time out to do this and of course dean saying like look i'm just trying to save two kids here like get out of my way we'll be back in an hour just keep doing what you're doing and we'll meet up later and Mm -hmm. i like this conversation a whole lot because it's going to lead to some revelations about castiel's character later but Mm -hmm. it it feels very it's 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 fun (laughs) like this this this, because because there's a couple of twists that are based on this later in the episode and i like all of the stuff that comes from this a lot same because I, but I also go ahead. Well, I just say I like I like the twist. I like where it ended up. I was actually surprised by it because I forgot. Um, but I also liked Sam and Dean being heroes and being like, no, it doesn't fucking matter what we're dealing with it right now. These are little kids, and we got to go help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it Castiel who says, "Pardon me for highlighting their crippling and dangerous, sympathetic response with sarcasm"? <laughs> <laughs> that believes he just so goes good. in on him. Uh, Castiel's throwing some shade here. That's it's just crazy. <clears throat> yeah. He says it was a bad idea letting them go, and Bobby responds to that with, you don't let Sam and Dean do squat, they do what they gotta. Yep. Um, and it's just like sweet brother moments as Sam and Dean drive these kids home. Like the scared brother, uh, uh, older brother with his younger brother, you know, trying to make him feel better. And it's just Sam and Dean kind of quietly like sitting there looking back, looking at each other a little bit. And it's a moment we haven't had in a long time, but I can, whenever they see like two young brothers, they always, I think, see them themselves in them, obviously. But uh, it's, it. Was it was refreshing to see that here admits everything and like how much has transpired since the last time we had like a genuine like brother moment like that. It felt like they were just being heroes, doing the right thing, and it doesn't always feel that way in Supernatural. However, <laughs> they were not doing the right thing. Well, you know, we'll but they thought they were, and that's what counts. Honestly, that, that's this is this is probably the best thing they could have done at the time. Like with the all of the knowledge that they have at this moment, like they mm-hmm. they had no idea what to do. Uh, so they drop the kids off. Uh, Castiel tortures the the Jefferson Starship that they save from the cops. Uh, Bobby is trying to do his best to get some information out of him, and then Cass says, "Like, leave the room and let me let me have five minutes." And then walks out with his hands and trench coat bloody, having like gotten yeah. some information. Like, oh, he's at the. They're all at the diner, and uh, our our group our group of heroes converge. Uh, Sam and Dean are going to go just walk into the diner with a, a bag full of hunter tools, and I, I believe it's uh, Bobby that says, "Like, we don't have a plan or anything." And they're like, "No, no, no plan. We're just going to go in." He's like, "Well, at least the plan's not complicated." <laughs> and I was yeah. really like, "At least not much to g- go wrong if you're just going in with no plan whatsoever." That's pretty good. Um, so they've got these five shotgun shells with the Phoenix Ash. Everyone gets one. Dean takes two. Yep. Uh, that makes sense. Feels mm-hmm. like Dean's the best shot out of everybody. Um, and they, yeah, they're just going to go for it and. Sam and Dean head in alone. Castiel and Bobby wait outside. Um, and of course, this diner is full of Jefferson starships. Yeah. Like it's, Sam takes out his phone. He's like, oh, yeah, literally everybody in here is yeah, uh, a starship. Us, I think is what he yeah. says. And then Eve shows up uh, dressed again as a waitress. Or not, maybe not again or not. I'm not sure. 
uh, but dressed as a waitress and like puts down two specials and reveals herself to be Eve without any kind of like crazy villain plot or anything. So that's nice. <laughs> like just to, just to have somebody yeah. be like, Hey, I'm Eve. What's up? You've been looking for me. What's going on? Yeah. She's, she's pissed because they've been killing all of her, her children, all of, especially her firstborns, uh, more, this is more on what Samuel was doing. Mm hmm who is on the behest of, of R.I.P. Crowley was capturing and torturing uh, firstborns or not first, firstborns, alphas, alphas alpha yes. monsters to get information on purgatory. And so like when like the alpha's mom finds out that you're doing that, like she's kind of mad. Absolutely. And she's kind of mad. She, th- I think that because I don't know if I, I don't want to say it's because of the actress or it's because of like, they just wanted to do this, but, but Eve transforms into Mary Winchester in order to deliver this monologue. Yeah. Ma Mary Winchester, not, not young, hot Mary Winchester, but, uh, mm-hmm. like, old, I don't want to say old, hot either, but, um, you can say mom, old, hot Mary Winchester, yeah, old, hot Mary Winchester. <laughs> um, and she also says that she was, she was fine with the way that things were, uh, before Crowley came to do this because she was fine with monsters were killing some people, hunters were killing some monsters and there was a natural order of things, but it wasn't until Crowley started pushing towards purgatory, which I believe she, she, she's going to later explain this. Doesn't he, he doesn't even the thing that he thinks that it is, uh, that she had to come out and start protecting her own. And so turning into Mary Winchester is, is making her point about a mother will do anything to protect her kids. Uh, yeah. and it's, and Dean is, is full of the misogynistic language, by the way. And I know he, like, it's not, I know it's not humans, but like every time he sees, uh, a feminine shaped monster, it's always bitch, whore, cunt. Like it's, it's all of those kind of words. And I'm like, Dean, please. I don't, just. I feel like he doesn't say cunt on the CW, but I, I'm with you there. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess probably he doesn't say that. <laughs> like that, that one's not in the vocab, but like. <laughs> probably not. Uh, maybe just filling that in with my own imagination. Uh, is that that was not in the the usual rotation, but like you know, it's in. The, he thinks about it. Sure, yeah. Uh, uh, but she she's like, yeah, um, I want Crowley dead, and Dean is like, um, actually, uh, he. Well, I'll have you know that he's already dead. Uh, I guess that'd be more Sam's voice than up there. Sure, but, uh, yeah, that's definitely Sam's voice. <laughs> um, but no, she's a uh, she's like you know no 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 Crowley Crowley isn't dead. And no, he didn't want purgatory. He wanted the souls in purgatory. Uh, because souls, as we've been slowly learning, give immense power to whoever can collect them all. Yep. Um, she also she also goes into her plan, uh, which is what she's been doing in this town, which is trying to uh, basically beta test a bunch of different monster combinations. So that's why we saw like vampires with like wraith sticks on their wrist mm-hmm. and the whole nine. And she says she's finally perfected it. Uh, and Sam and Dean think that it's the people in the diner, but no, she says that it's not them. It's the kids that you dropped off earlier. And uh, we get, we, exactly. We get, we get a scene of those kids, uh, you know, basically learning to be a monster and killing whatever uncle <laughs> uh, brother-in-law person that they were hanging out with mm-hmm. and just murdering him to death. So that's not great. <clears throat> uh, and that means like that this was, this was what her plan was. She brought Sam and Dean here basically to run their gambit of tests and they did them all. And the kids passed the test. Nothing that they did showed any signs of those kids being monsters. And that's a problem. Uh, I don't know if it's a problem that they follow through with tremendously. I don't remember season seven particularly dealing with that, but I could be wrong. Um, But that, I mean, it's an interesting idea, a monster that you can't check for because even when there's these monsters who look like humans and that's kind of 
uh, I mean, hashtag deep monsters that look like humans. Um, they they always have something that they can figure out with, and right now they have the the cameras because they can see all their their eyes in mm. in the camera. But none of their other tests are going to work. So Sam, you should have held up your cell phone in front of those kids. Um, <laughs> You're going to need some Google glasses, Sam. Sam and but Dean. What's <laughs> another kind of surprise here is that Eve Eve has Sam and Dean here, but instead of just killing them, she wants them to work for her and and. Defiant Dean, I don't think we even had to question it, isn't like, hey, it's in my best interest to say no here. He just says, like, or it's in my best interest to say yes here. He just says no. Like, we're not going to work for a filthy monster. Um, we already worked for Crowley for X amount of time. We're not doing that shit again. And uh, I believe he uses the choice words of bite me. <laughs> of course. Ever the eloquent <laughs> soul is Dean Winchester. And um, I do, I do want to she does. As, as she's, as she's, before we get into the outcome of this, I don't know if it was just the fact that we had uh, that I had just watched the Wayward Sisters episode mm-hmm. of season thirteen. She uses the word wayward like fifteen or twenty times. She does. In this, and yeah, it's, it's, she it's, does. A, it's a weird thing. I don't know if they were doing that specifically on purpose, uh, or if that like I don't know if they were driving that home because Carrie on my wayward son is such mm-hmm. an integral mm-hmm. part of the show. I don't know what's happening there, but like the dialogue felt real weird, especially coming off of Wayward Sisters. But yeah, she uh, Dean refuses says bite me and she just leans over and chows down on that dude's neck uh in a, in a really vicious attack that looks like it's going to leave a lot of lasting damage that we're gonna have to deal with for multiple seasons after this <laughs> no in, in oh, no? the oh, most <laughs> dean winchester move ever he loaded phoenix ash into one shotgun shell and the other one he took the ash and he put it in a shot of whiskey and he took it as a shot. So he's just got Phoenix ash inside of him. And when she, I, this doesn't make any sense, but like, nope. I like it because it's such a fucking Dean Winchester thing to, to do. Um, uh, she, she takes a bite out of him and I guess that's enough. It, she gets the Phoenix ash in her. Cause you know, magic, this is fucking magic we're talking about. Sure. And, and just like that. Eve is fucking dead. <laughs> yeah. Three episodes before the season finale, the big bad that they have been building up for the last like six episodes or so is dead. Uh, man, like I don't understand what kind of uh, blood alcohol Dean st- sits with on a regular basis that all of these ashes just went directly to his bloodstream. Like it doesn't make any sense, but I love it. I'm, I'm yeah, exactly the same place you are. Uh, yeah. This, and this CGI is pretty good. Like we get her kind of melting from the inside out, which is, which is okay. And at the same time, uh, she loses control over all of the Jefferson starship. So, they go crazy. And uh, I don't know if mm-hmm. we specifically mentioned this or not, but she was the one that was uh, holding or had unplugged, I think is the term she uses, Kaz's power. So once she's yeah. dead, Kaz is there and he just like lights this place up and kills everything. And not everything, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Sam and Dane are still alive. Uh, Sam and Dane all, all are of the Jefferson starships are, are still alive. <clears throat> or yeah. excuse me, are dead. Yeah. So he, uh, he, he, he wipes the place clean. Uh, he fixes up Dean. Um, they go to find the kids that they dropped off, but kids are already dead. And it wasn't the monsters that got them. It wasn't hunters that got them. But Sam finds sulfur along one of the doors, and they realize, no, demons came here and killed them. Hmm. Um, Interesting. So this is kind of, this is clicking into something that Eve had just told them, and they, they now tell Castiel, hey, Crowley's still around. And we see now, de- like, he wants souls in purgatory, not just purgatory. Like, they, they lay out the plan as Eve has told it to him. Um, with, they have a little bit more clarity now. And hey, we just found sulfur here. Demons are behind this. Uh, Eve wanted Crowley dead. I bet that Crowley's behind this. Castiel, what do you think? And he says, I'll look into it. Um, 
and Cat seems agitated. And uh, once he mm-hmm. once he finds this out from the boys, he seems agitated and then teleports away. And Bobby and Sam expressed their express some doubt about Castiel that we haven't really seen up till now. Um, they say like it's it's really suspicious that he would be wrong, like he would burn the wrong bones. Yeah. Because if if Crowley is still alive, that means he pretended to die when Castiel wanted him to, which seems like they would be working together. And of course, Dean is 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 very disbelieving of this. He wants to trust Castiel. Uh, but Bobby and Sam are, are kind of like, well, we, it's still a thing that we need to talk about. Like we need to, mm-hmm. we need to go through the motions of discussing this. I like that Dean, his first instinct is to trust Castiel because even in all, all the times as, as, as far as his relationship with Sam went in season four and five, when they were you know trading blows for the longest time. Dean was going to bat for Sam and giving him the benefit of the doubt because it's his family and he loves him and that's enough. And you see the same thing here and, and Dean is even going to say it in, in I think the next episode. Mm-hmm. Castiel is family just like Sam and Bobby and and he's to, to a lot of viewers he's more than that. But just what's most important here is that Dean is loyal to the people he cares about. And even though yeah, I mean I, I like that 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 Sam and Bobby are suspicious because it's incredibly suspicious. And it makes sense, but it also makes sense that Dean wouldn't want to jump to that conclusion. Dean needs those those anchors to hold on to. He's got his set of beliefs, and that is like, you know, my friends are my friends, and I you got to take care of them, and you, you got to believe them first, and all this stuff. And um, this is this is a real challenge for for Dean. And the last scene of the episode is Castiel teleporting back to the diner. And uh, a Jefferson Starship song, <laughs> Miracles, starts playing on the on the jukebox. Yeah. And who shows up but our friend Crowley, who is now confirmed to be alive. And uh, it, it, Crowley seems kind of angry that he's been having to clean up Castiel's messes. And mm-hmm. that's pretty much where the episode ends. Like, we don't really get any kind of confirmation that Castiel is working for him or working against him or whatever, what have you. It's just the revelation that Crowley is still alive, which is hella yes. suspicious. Hella suspicious, considering Castiel's the one who quote unquote killed, killed him. him. Yeah, man, what a great episode this is! Like for yeah, to be to be a little worried about the season six as we were in last week's episode to have this be our our first episode of the week. Uh, I feel like yeah. this is a really strong monster of the week episode. I like the idea of Eve as this all mother kind of figure, mm-hmm. uh, mixing and matching monsters to create something uh, new and more brutal that could withstand a modern age and modern hunter sensibilities. Uh, I like, I like, I feel like her motivations made sense. Like, I really like yep. the fact that she was like, I was totally willing just to chill. <laughs> like, and then, and then, and then y'all started fucking this up. Like I was doing mm-hmm. fine. I was okay with putting some monsters out there, collecting some souls, having you guys collect, you know, kill some monsters. This was all a good, a good thing for me. This goes back to what Crowley said when we first meet Crowley back in season four, I think of like, I'm a salesman. I just want there to be an economy. Like if the apocalypse comes, yeah. there's no economy. What am I going to do? Uh, so th- th- this really works for me. And I'm, I was actually kind of sad that she was just kind of summarily killed in this episode, but I know we have other stuff yeah. we have to deal with her. It's, it's, it's so hard to tell this next episode is, is going to do its best to tie a lot of what feel like very disparate threads together. Um, because we, I mean, I joke about it every time I try to do the road so far where we had like the Dean, Lisa, Ben story. We had the 
Sam is back and he's being weird story. Sola Sam, we had monster collecting, we had alpha monsters, then we have Mother of All. Like there's been so many different things. And it it has, for better and for worse, made season six feel really weird. But now this next episode does start to piece everything together in a way that I don't think is one hundred percent satisfying, but it the more I'm thinking about it right now, the more I'm like, okay, I see what they were trying to do. Even if it was a long winding road to get there. Yeah, as as often happens when we discuss these episodes, I end up coming off coming out of it way more positive than I was going in. So uh mm-hmm. this you know, all of this stuff working together, it really seems to tie into the first part of the season, uh, and seems to deliver on the promise of alphas, even if like we didn't get a lot of alpha time, which is what I've really wanted to see. <laughs> like I wanted to see more alphas yeah. and it, they can seem to skip past that uh, a little bit, but it, so it's not, it's not quite there, but it's, it's better than I thought it was going to be. So I'm, I'm as of right now, I'm, I'm really excited to, to get into the end of season six. Yeah, it's interesting how much this feels like a you know old classic supernatural episode where the beginning of season six feels like a different television show. Like one hundred percent, man. Like we talked about that a lot, and it's like that the beginning episodes of the season just felt strange, and for them to and I wonder around to this feels really yeah. Good. I wonder if that's like a mistake they didn't mean for the tone to be so off or so different, or if this was intentional in some way, shape, or form that they would like bring it back in. I don't know. I don't know how I'm not a director. I don't really get how any of that works, obviously. So I don't know how you, you make those choices uh, to, to do that. Or if it's just like, you know what? Okay, let's go back to the old formula. That's what worked better. I don't know, but, but I like where we're, we're headed. It's always curious to see if uh, like what happens during the season and how much that Mm -hmm. would affect the stuff that happens at the end of the seasons. Like, are they actively soliciting feedback and getting a people's opinions and going like, Oh, Oh, we made a mistake in making uh, the Impala go away. We should bring the Impala back, like t- just to pull something out of yeah. nowhere. Like we should, we should definitely right, have right. the Impala back now. So I don't know. I'd be, I'd be curious about that as well. So maybe one day when we can get Jensen Ackles on the podcast, we can kind of interview him about season six. Yeah, hit us up, Jensen, if you're not too busy. Yeah, if you're listening out there, I know you are. iTunes reviews tell me everything, Jensen. <laughs> Jackals, as I like to call you. Jackals. <laughs> <laughs> The next episode we're going to cover is The Man Who Would Be King, written by Ben Edlund, directed by Ben Edlund. Air date was April. Nope. Air date, Ben Edlund. (laughs) Air date was Ben Edlund. Episode number, Ben Edlund. This aired on uh, (laughs) May 6, 2011. And uh, I don't know... I think we've talked about this in the past. The the season, or excuse me, the episode descriptions are are getting getting have gotten a lot more official. So, in all capital letters, the first sentence of this is "Executive Producer Ben Edlin wrote and directed the episode," <laughs> all in one yeah. sentence. Like that's that's the most important thing we need to worry about. Uh, Castiel tells Sam, Dean, and Bobby about the war in heaven and how he and Raphael became enemies. Bobby believes Castiel is hiding something, but Dean refuses to believe it. Uh, Our typical uh, then montage is a lot about Lucifer. It kind of goes into some uh, how powerful souls are and then just kind of puts a little doubt in our mind about Castiel. Um, And then we get to the main episode, which... Chris, I like this episode, but man, like, it's kind of a weird one, right? It's for sure a weird one, and I started off not liking it, and the, mm-hmm. the further we got, the, the the more it got into, like, 
the present day plotline, the more interested I was. As much as I, I liked them filling in the backstory, I just, I like the forward momentum of episodes, and, and uh, this doesn't have it until a little bit later in it. But, uh, I mean, overall, came down positive on it. But yeah, started off, I was like, okay. I mean, we're, we see, like, Castiel sitting here reflecting upon all of history and <laughs> literally all of history like back into he, when the gray fish pulled themselves out of the ocean and someone else told him not to step on the fish because god had big plans for the fish <laughs> and, and and like the tower of babel that was like only 34 feet tall because back then that was a big deal <laughs> it was a real big um, deal <laughs> but he feels like after everything all of that and i don't know if that that up to and including when they stopped the apocalypse but he feels like after everything he made the wrong choice and i think that that's because looking at castiel and everything that we're about to learn he is at a moral dilemma of like i'm trying to do the right thing but like i made my friends feel bad and i feel kind of shitty about that like it's like he's trying to choose between his girlfriend and his friends and and he doesn't feel good about it his girlfriend being you know angel war and And um, his friends being his actual girlfriends (laughs) yes (laughs) his actual boyfriends i should say so it's uh it's and i guess that is what he's talking about he he castiel has always been a good guy and right now he probably doesn't feel like a good guy um but the weird thing about this is that he looks at the screen yes like directly into the camera and i don't know if he's talking to the camera or to god or like the viewer or i it's I think that we're going to come down that he's talking to God. He's praying and just sort of laying it all out there. It's just interesting that they had him look at the camera. Yeah, the the framework for this, and we're we're going to get to it at the end, is is him directly praying to God, um, asking mm-hmm. for guidance. That's going to be like pretty much the entire point of this episode. This moment where he looks into the camera and he says, "Let me tell you my story. Let me tell you everything," is a real weird way to break the fourth wall in a series that has done an exceptional job of breaking the fourth wall in the past. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a it's kind of a, a it's it was an off putting thing, and I don't know that the episode necessarily delivers on that kind of direct look into the camera stare but the rest of the episode is good enough that i don't particularly care which is gonna be like kind of i think is what we're gonna be say about a lot of it season six at the end yeah of <laughs> yeah i think um, so it, it um, is very weird him looking directly at the camera i don't i don't know how quite how to take that yeah it's a weird move weird choice um like we're getting it's inside the castiel story but um yeah this to, is the east start off, hollywood story about castiel that's what yeah. we're dealing with right now so if any any true Hollywood story about um, Castiel would, of course, start with him popping in on Dean while Dean is uh, driving alone uh, down the, the freeway somewhere. Uh, but he pops in on Dean, still lying about Crowley, still saying, oh, no, I haven't, you know, I haven't found anything yet. And Dean, I guess, is it, at first when I watched this, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about, Dean? Uh, and then later on, I realized, oh, okay, Dean was fibbing, too. But he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to meet up with Sam, who's hunting a gin. Like, uh, my first thought was like, wow, how do you? Did you guys take separate cars? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> what's happening? How is this working? <laughs> like, I'm glad you guys are hunted together, but like, uh, why did y'all drive together? I feel like that's sort of your thing. Hey, Chris, at least they're talking. <laughs> at least they're talking. Um, <laughs> I did like he, the yeah, fact he just, that, uh, that, that Dean does not react whatsoever to cast teleporting into the uh, car. Because <laughs> we've seen this in the past when Anna has done it, and even Castiel himself has done it, where he just swerves all over the road. Now he's just got those angel like blinders on where he's like yes people just yeah. teleport in my car at random times nbd <laughs> it's just a thing i deal with now mm-hmm. um but he as we're gonna learn in a little while 
Dean has his suspicions too, and he's going along with the plan uh, that Bobby and Sam have of sort of keeping him in the dark. But Dean, he still says, like, my dude, let me know if you get into, into real trouble. Like, he, Castiel doesn't know that Dean's putting up a facade, but like, Is we he, as the viewer at this point? know. I think, no, I think that he, 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 he lied to Castiel just now about going to hunt a jinn, because Sam isn't hunting a jinn. He's keeping Castiel in the dark about what they're really doing, which is hunting for Crowley. And, um, but he's, he still has that concern of like, Hey, if you get into real trouble, let me know. I'm your friend. You got to tell me. Mm -hmm. That's right. I'd forgotten Uh, that before the suspicions get confirmed in this episode that, uh, Dean is working on, uh, Bobby and Sam's suspicions of him. So that his agreed, like tentatively agreed to go hunt Crowley without telling Castiel about it. Yes, yes. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I Um, I forgot about that. And from there, Castiel heads right over to to Crowley's lab. Um, I didn't realize that this was Eve. Jess had to point that out to me. She was like, dude, yeah, that's not like a a random nobody. That's Eve that he is like literally in. On the table? Cutting open. Yeah. Um, And he, I rewound it and it was, I'm I'm pretty sure it was her. Uh, And she keeps laying eggs even when she's dead. She just keeps laying eggs inside of herself. Um, Oh my God. Because she's the mother of monsters and that's what she does. Oh yeah, this this I'm, I was just briefly kind of looking through the way. Yeah, you got you're totally. I missed this all together in the episode. I missed That's, it too. Shout out to to Jess because yeah, I missed it. Jess, thank you very much. She uh, made me rewind wow. it. <laughs> yeah, that's super gross. That her corpse just yeah. keeps producing eggs. That's some dark right? soul shit right there. That's some crazy that's some shit. dark soul shit. That's I'm into it honestly. This is Eve's coolest <laughs> yeah. moment. She's some fucking weird eldritch horror, just like producing <laughs> just, eggs even in death. Her corpse fill the world just, with eggs. No wonder purgatory is a whole different universe. Every Everybody wanted to get rid of this chick. Like, even if she dies, she keeps yeah. breeding. We don't know what to do. <laughs> Every time she sneezed, some eggs came out. Ugh. Um, Ugh. Uh, but yeah, Castiel and Crowley um, kind of fight Crowley's immediate. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, he's um, like, I thought we agreed. No more nights out with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> and Crowley's kind of pissed because he's been hanging out with the Winchesters, and I think he says he yeah. can smell the. Uh, like he can smell the Impala on him or something. Like there's one of those lines. Yeah. I love Castiel and Crowley. Like. Misha Collins and um, what's his name? Whose name I've already Mark Shepard. Mark Shepard are, are just really great. Is that together. Mark Shepard? Nope. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Hold it is on. Mark Shepard. I have hold on. I'm googling. Do I'm having to... a moment of. Dark. Oh no, because I was confusing it with Mark Pellegrino. My bad. Yeah, yeah. My yeah, bad. It's everybody. definitely Mark Shepard. <laughs> it's just marks. There's a lot of marks around. Mm-hmm. If you had said, "Of course, Mark Shepard, X Files alum," I would have said, "No, of course, he's in that one episode, Fire or Firestarter, for whatever from season one." Of, of course, course. Of that's course. where I know Mark yeah, yeah. Shepard. Definitely not from Battlestar Galactica or like ah, in, yes, a, a number of other TV shows. <laughs> um, We're the worst. <laughs> this goes into uh, Castile narrating some events um, about how he considers himself the Winchester's guardians. Uh, and how they taught him to uh, stand up, um, even though it cost him his life. And it, as that mm-hmm. happens, we see him explode from season five. Uh, we see him get exploded by uh, Sam, who was then possessed by Lucifer, and then immediately come back. Uh, he talks about raising Sam Winchester, but of course not all of Sam Winchester. And we get these great scenes mm-hmm. of uh, that we got at the very end of season five of Soul of Sam staring at Dean as he just exists with his family. And but this time we have an angel on his shoulder that Sam's not aware of. We see Castiel watching all of this at the same time. Yes, and I like that he starts to he starts talking about his own hubris and how that has sort of been his undoing, as it so often is in, in fiction and probably in real life too. I guess uh, 
Castiel believed that after everything he did stopping the apocalypse, he he got brought back by what he assumed to be God, and he was feeling like big cheese. You know, he was feeling mm-hmm. like like that that he was feeling like a big slice of pie, and that he he could do whatever. And so he thinks I can go back and I can grab Sam Winchester from hell. Uh, and there's a line later when this all falls apart where Sam says, did you intentionally pull me out without a soul? And Castiel says, no. Is that, tr- is that the truth? Did he, did, did he only, you know, by accident leave part of Sam behind? Well, we're also going to find out a little bit later and we're jumping ahead a little bit, but we're, we're finding out that, uh, Crowley and Castiel are going to make this deal and that Crowley wants hunters so that he can find monsters so that he can find Eve so that he can find purgatory. Mm-hmm. So the idea I think is if I pulled Sam up whole, I know immediately that he's going to go to Dean and he's going to interrupt this idyllic life that Dean is living. And I think uh, this is, this is supposition on my part. Like this is kind of hinted at in the show. I think it, they leave it up to interpretation, but my interpretation of it is that Castiel has enough respect for Dean to not want to destroy this life outside of the family business that he's leading. So he brings cat, he yeah. brings Sam up without his soul. as kind of this perfect, uh, you know, one minded hunter. hunter and pairs him with Samuel as well, uh, to, so that, that's so, pretty fucked up man oh it's extremely <laughs> fucked up like and he and leaves sam, his at the end of this, he's soul in this. hell <laughs> yeah see i i was thinking was like does sam just think that or because i think that castiel does look surprised in the scene where we see sam standing there looking at into lisa's house and then he turns and walks away i believe that, that there is a scene of castiel looking like oh wait oh, i wasn't expecting you to do that um but i don't know if if he did that that's really fucked up man it, it's really which meant up, that yeah. the entire time he knew Sam didn't have a soul. I mean, we're going to get to it, so I, I'm jumping the gun here. It's just it, it, the question came up because this is this is when it shows him pulling Sam up. Oh yeah, we're we're definitely going to get to some more of that. Um, in in the meantime, Crowley is insisting that they go kill the Winchesters, and of course, Castiel is refusing. Uh, he's saying that you know the Winchester, you don't, we don't have to worry about the Winchesters. And Crowley, you know, yells at Castiel and says, "What you mean, like Lilith didn't have to worry about him, like like or like Azazel or Ruby or Lucifer or literally anybody else? These yeah. denim wrapped nightmares have have caught against. Like, why am I the only about? one who doesn't <laughs> underestimate the Winchesters? <laughs> Which points to Crowley on that one, like absolutely." uh obviously it's 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 very apparent even this early in this episode that castiel is is trying to ride both lines of this he's trying to do you know two right things or trying to trying to have the best i don't know why i can't make a metaphor today chris he's trying to have his slice of pie and eat it too and it's not working out for him Uh, yes meanwhile bobby and sam are torturing a demon that works for crowley and uh, using Ruby's knife to like stab it in his leg and to try to get you know information out of it, when Dean shows up and they have this conversation, and uh, they Dean is still uh, trusting Castiel. He's he's saying that you know there's there's no way he's done all these things for us. He's our friend. There's no way that he would turn. Bobby and I want to call this out specifically says there's a moment where Superman goes dark side. Uh, like if, mm-hmm. if we actually I have wrote it very, down because it's oh, please, a dark please. side mm-hmm. line. So no, yeah, he expert. just says we're dealing with a Superman who's gone dark side. That's all. There you go. I should have just kicked that to you to begin with. I should know better. It has dark side <laughs> in it. Chris no, I just, I just mean that I wrote it down specifically because of dark side, but then it ended up coming up later. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
th- but the entire time this is happening, Castiel is in the room, presumably invisible somehow. Like this yeah, is just a he's, thing he's, that we learned that Castiel can do, which seems really creepy that he might have been yeah. doing all of this time. He's secretly watching. And then we get this this thing, Chris, and I love this a lot of mm-hmm. Castiel saying that uh, obviously the hunters aren't the only ones trying to find monsters. And we get the demon version of Bobby where there's this dude in plaid and like this kind of redneck, like Bobby looking dude. who's obviously demon. He's got full black eyes, but like running a phone bank and sending, (laughs) sending very much Winchester brother looking demons out on like hunts and things to Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go collect these monsters for him. It's a really great moment. He even does like the FBI thing. answers the phone as the FBI. He's talking into cups of blood. He's talking into cups of blood. That's so good. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. I was going to say, right before this scene, there's a little bit of uh, Castiel narration where he says, the worst part was Dean trying so hard to be loyal with every instinct telling him otherwise. <laughs> um, just thought that was important to point out. But yeah, um, so we got this, we got Ellsworth as this hunter, as this demon hunter's name. Um, and just, uh, you know, Castiel just casually just shows up and uh, he, he kills them all and he, he wipes the place clean so that Sam and Dean uh, can't find him. Yeah, uh, they can't gotten- find this dude Ellsworth because that's, they were hot on his trail. Yeah, they've gotten this information from the demon from the demon they were torturing. Also, uh, when he ooh. kills Ellsworth, can we talk about how cool his kill is? Yeah, let's do it. Because Ellsworth tries to like you know ghost out of his body, he starts doing the black oh, smoke. Yeah, 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 Castiel yeah, yeah. catches it and shoves it back into the dude, and then fucking angel vaporizes him. It's, it's pretty really badass. Nice. Yeah, this is a cool <laughs> moment for Castiel. Like, I love when Castiel just like murks on some demons, man. Like, that's some good like, shit. Fuck. Oh, <laughs> Nobody still nobody's concerned about any of these vessels anymore. Like let's completely no. forget about any of these vessels. That's a conversation lives, that so. we stopped having a season ago. <laughs> I mean, presumably this dude is not dressing up like a redneck every day to do this. Like yeah. the demons are making him do it. It was uh, when Sam drank that pediatrician that they had to uh they had yeah, to they just, just stop having that conversation. Yeah, they, they give up with that. Uh but yeah, they sh- the the brothers show up and of course this place is totally clean and uh I think Kaz is talking about specifically the narration of, is Castiel talking about how he's having to hide stuff from from Dean and Sam and, and Bobby and of course Dean Sam and Bobby are there and I think it's Bobby who says like this place has been like cleaned like there was something here and somebody came through and cleaned it like this is looking really really suspicious yeah they're they're all holding R two for Hunter Vision and they don't see a goddamn thing yeah it's all and that's it's all that's blank. more suspicious than anything like why is this a point on my map why can I fast travel here if there's like nothing if there's nothing here what is the purpose of this so then Castiel describes uh, after he saved Sam quote unquote saved uh, after the events of the uh, season five finale so he pulled Sam minus Sam's soul up from the from Lucifer's cage. He goes back to his favorite heaven that he always liked to visit. And uh he like very specifically calls it out as of a heaven of an autistic man who drowned in the in a bathtub in nineteen fifty three, which just like I I have to assume that's a reference of some sort that I'm not picking up. And I I tried to look on the wiki to see if this came up with anything. Like I don't know if this is maybe just a like an inside I don't want to say joke, but like maybe a reference to somebody on the you know crew or something like i don't i don't know what this reference is but it's so yeah. specific that it was obviously like it's meant to you know be a peaceful place right like as yes you know, yes uh but he's confronted by his his angel groupies uh this is the chick that was in uh two episodes ago with the titanic maybe or with maybe with the frontier land i don't remember oh, was that her yeah okay yeah, yeah but this is her saying like what are we gonna do we you know we you're you're god now you you died you came back 
the apocalypse is off. We have no idea what to do. All of our orders are off. You should be God. And he's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you're not understanding like this. We should give them freedom. And I think the answer is like, but what does God want us to do with freedom? Like kind of show it that these yeah. angels have no idea what to do. Like they were created to obey God, which is why they are kind of lesser creatures than man. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have, they would all have to go through the same arc that Castiel went through between season five, uh, four and five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that Castiel says it wasn't God who saved me. It was the Winchesters because they are the ones who sort of taught him freedom and, and allowed him to stand up for himself. Even if that meant death to Lucifer, he was saved because he got to be, you know, you get to be Castiel and not be a servant of anybody. Um, and if that's the case, if he's saying this really like nice thing about his buddies, like, and then he left Samson in in hell like that's why i'm like i think i want to choose to believe that like that part of it's not true that he really did believe in his own hubris that he could pull sam back out and 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 make this work and not just intentionally leave it behind i don't really know if it's confirmed one way or the other but like because if he did that makes case really fucking shitty (laughs) yeah and he even says that it's it's going to be a while before he learns you know what the, what God wants them to do with freedom. And he says that uh, freedom is a length of rope and God wants you to hang yourself with it. Dude, like chill, fucking chill. I mean, that's, that's a line. And that's such a, it's such a bitter realization of someone who is actively like, this is what Lucifer probably realized towards the end is that he literally could not escape a plan. And so he was trying to do, he would just want to bring the whole world down. But this is our, our good friend Castiel who up until now has been what we thought like doing the best he could for his friends who taught him how to rebel, who taught him that freedom could mean something and to come to that conclusion of it, of that the only, the only, the only thing at the, at the end of the road of freedom is a, you know, is, is death is, is something to, you know, hurt everything around you is, is very, very bitter. And, and it's, it makes me sad for my, for my boy Cass. <laughs> like it yeah, really does. Castiel has gone through, through a really interesting transformation here um is this where we start to get some of the the raphael stuff yeah did, did you pick up this reference by the way he goes to meet uh raphael and ken lay's he- heaven uh no i i know that they were like talking about like oh he's a very devout man i figured he was some sort of politician or something but yeah i missed the reference he's the ceo of enron if you remember the enron uh, tobacco. Uh, uh, and, uh, and yeah and, and castiel says like oh it, does he even deserve to be here and he's like well he was a devout man and that's all that matters like kind of showing that there's a, a little bit of hypocrisy to heaven like as long as yeah. you're devout you can get in no matter what you what you've done to people um raphael wants the apocalypse to get back on track and wants castiel to swear a fealty to him uh for lack of a better word and uh, when Cass says no, Raphael punches him back to his own heaven, which is a dope mm-hmm. move. That's kind of baller. Yeah, it's a pretty dope move. It's pretty powerful. It's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a bold move. Um, yeah, because Raphael sees himself as the new god. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's um, there to put everything back on plan. And he's, this again, this is an archangel we're talking about, not just a regular angel like Castiel. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, is the, uh, this is the big gun. And yeah he's uh not not too pleased with castiel and he's gonna give him he's like all right go back and reflect and then come back back and and and, and kneel before me or or your your toast and that does not happen uh this is where we go back to dean and and the whole crew when they get jumped by demons are they still at the the, the yeah they're still at the, the okay yes and they they pray to castiel but he doesn't come um and they get jumped by demons they get beat up and that's when castiel finally shows up wipes out the demons and he says in the narration, for a brief moment, I was me again. 
when Castiel just without thinking shows up, saves his friends, and that's that. He gets to be himself again. Um, and I don't know if this is trying to justify some of the more wicked things that Castiel has done to them to say like, no, it's not Castiel who would do that. Of course, the real him wants to save them and not do these evil things. It's just desperation and war and everything changing him. Um, I think they definitely are trying to to make him look a little bit better. And I don't blame them because I don't want Castiel to be a bad guy who left Sam soul in hell. Thank you very much. But um well, and, and this next scene yeah. is is a is a fucking heartbreaker to half because after they after Castiel saves them, uh, Sam and Bobby are a little bit apologetic. They're like, we mm-hmm. we kind of thought you were working on the other side until just now. Like we thought you, maybe you would somehow teamed up with Crowley for something, and we didn't understand it, and we thought we thought you were working against us, and you know we we've known Crowley was alive this whole time. We lied to you because we thought this we didn't want you to tell him that we he we were hunting him. But now we know that you're our for real friend. And mm-hmm. of course, Dean is extremely set, ha- happy about this too. But as the viewer, man, it's a gut punch. It's like, man, Castiel, you were, this is a, <laughs> what did we call it? We were texting back and forth last night. The top 10 anime betrayals. Like, top 10 is, anime betrayals right this now. This is the worst. Everybody this coming clean to Castiel. Like, oh man, sorry we doubted you. Uh, and then, and Castiel is, is, is secretly plotting an assassination here. Um, he, he's like, yeah. Of course, no. I think doesn't he reveal that that Crowley is alive and that he's like look he's looking into it? He might. I could be wrong about that. Because the real thing is that when they're all like buddy buddy again, he's like quotes Bobby saying like, "Oh, you thought Superman was gonna go dark side? How how ridiculous!" And everybody's like, "Oh, fuck." Yeah, how did how did Castiel know that specific joke? Like Castiel's never really been great at pop culture stuff. Like he doesn't really get it. So him making such a specific like crossover pop culture joke, right? Like yeah, <laughs> those two companies aren't even owned by Disney right now. Like those are two separate companies. <laughs> um, like everybody instantly knows that uh, some shit has gone wrong, and they were right to distrust Castiel. You can see it in Dean's eyes. Like Jensen Ackles plays this perfectly. Like he, yeah, he everybody is, is just like completely <sighs> heartbroken. Ooh. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so at this point, we kind of get. Uh, we, oh, Castiel goes back and confronts Crowley at this point because Crowley has sent demons after Sam and Dean, even though that Castiel told him not to. And uh, they argue for a while, and then Castiel leaves. And we get kind of the history of this relationship. This is where Crowley and Castiel meet up um, right after the events of season five. And Crowley convinces him to go into business with him, essentially. He shows them like this revitalized hell where it's just a bunch of people standing in line uh, saying that, you know, in the previous hell, like everybody was kind of a a masochist. Like everyone was kind of liking the pitchforks. So like this is something totally different. Uh, but convinces the, Castiel that they need to work together specifically so they can get all of the souls in purgatory because souls are going to be what's needed for Castiel to take on Raphael and to be able to win mm-hmm. the war that Crowley wants him to have in heaven. Like Castiel, finding out that Castiel didn't actually originally come up with the idea of this war, I think is another blow against Castiel's character right now. Like the fact that this yeah. is all a thing from Crowley is. Uh, kind of a shitty thing for Castiel <laughs> in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fact that he he went to talk to Dean because he didn't know what to do and thought, I'm going to talk to my friend and he he will guide me. But then he sees Dean raking some leaves and just thinks, eh, 
I shouldn't. No, I'm sure that's not the sound of it. Also, it doesn't look like Gene has ever raked leaves in his entire life. I don't really know what he's doing there, but he's just he's like just picking them up with his hand. Around. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Right yeah, now. It, he picked them up and put them in a bag. I'm like, you're not getting anything done that way, Dean. I live in a heavily, heavily wooded area. I do a lot of raking in the fall. And uh, man, that's not an effective way to get things done. This is also the conversation between Castile and Crowley, where uh, Crowley just basically tells him, like, hey, I'm going to need some help. Like, you need to you need to get um, Sam and Dean back into it. And I think Castiel says something like, uh, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bring Dean back into this. And he's like, okay, that's okay. I've got a bald headed, bald headed Winchester. I can bring out of retirement or something. Uh, implying that, you know, he brought back Samuel, even though Castiel had to go bring back Sam, which I find interesting. Like, cause again, it goes back into Crowley telling a bunch of half truths to everybody, which is, which is always yeah. really good. And also uh, just seems like that, that part right there. It's like, well, we're just sort of patching this story together right now. We're like, yeah, we got Samuel because he's a good hunter. Like, there's a million other good. Bring back Gordon. Sure. Bring yeah. back one Bring of these hard like, you know? hunter. What about that real religious guy? I bet he would literally do anything for you. Like, you just don't tell him yeah. you're a demon, and he would probably I, do anything. Like, I know that Sam and Dean are like, like kind of the best at what they do, but like, there are probably a lot of other really good ones. Fucking yeah. Samuel Colt. Remember him? Bring, <laughs> Bring him back. back Samuel Colt. Yeah, absolutely. Um. <laughs> So the deal they work out is that uh, Crowley doesn't really have any power to rebel against Raphael. Uh, he, they're obviously going to have to work for a while to be able to track down all these monsters, to track down Eve, and to track down Purgatory. Uh, so Crowley says, hey, I'll give you a bunch of souls now. You can go and blast on Raphael, and then when we find Purgatory, we'll split it right down the middle. Heaven will get half, I'll get half, and we'll go from there. And Castiel agrees, thinking that this was the only way forward, thinking that this, this is what God wanted him to do. And so he... Mm-hmm. The devil you know. Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think he even makes that joke, right? He even says... He like, does. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> Thank you, Crowley, uh, for being exactly who we <laughs> expect you to be. Uh, <laughs> Castiel takes all these souls, goes to Raphael and his crew, uh, and Kent lays heaven, and then just blasts them all out of existence. Um, even though, obviously, not forever, because like, he's still fighting this war. Like All of this stuff is happening in the past. Right, so. right. But he's all juiced up, and he goes and he shows it. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's a pretty defiant, badass moment for Crow- or for uh, Castiel. But the path that he's walking is not a good one. I mean, it feels like anytime we see one of our heroes get all like pumped up, it's bad. <laughs> like when yeah, Sam was tossing demons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think Supernatural is like pretty hardline about like power is bad. Like mm-hmm. not like ten times out of ten, power is bad. <laughs> Yeah, anytime the boys have had, uh, this is going to come up in some, I'm, I'm thinking specifically of a plot from like season nine or 10, maybe, um, or maybe actually season eight and season nine now that I'm thinking about it. But like when anytime people have additional powers that are just not like I'm a good hunter and I have hunter vision, it always comes at a really significant price and never works out good for anybody. Like literally right. never. Yeah. So at this point, Dean and Sam and Bobby uh, pray for Castiel and Castiel shows up immediately. And <clears throat> I feel like Castiel should have seen this coming a mile away. He doesn't though. And he walks up to him and he sees, and he gets caught in a angel trap using the, uh, Jerusalem oil that we have seen from earlier yes. seasons. Yeah. And, um, I mean, now he's literally trapped. Clearly they've just called him out. So he, he confesses, uh, he comes clean about the situation. Uh, and he also says, cause they just had to reuse this line. He says, Sam, I am the one who raised you from perdition. 
He doesn't say gripped you tight because it's he's not like Cause, cause it's leaning not, into it as much because it's not Dean. It's not Dean. <laughs> <laughs> he just he, he just you know he just lifted Sam from he raised Sam from perdition. He grabbed Sam by, the, by his by his longish hair and just pulled him up head first. Yeah, where clearly he, he, he didn't grip that tight like, because yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he didn't grip that tight because he didn't get all of him. Um, but this is when Sam is just like, did you bring me back Solus on purpose? And I guess we get kind of a non-answer on that. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, Dean Ca- being like the sad... Go ahead. I was just going to say, Castiel uh, specifically says, like, I had no choice in doing this. Like, that's his answer to Sam. Yeah. Like, I had no. Ch- I had to fight Raphael. And of course, Dean, who is, you know, team, <laughs> team free will, is like, no, you had a choice. You just chose mm-hmm. poorly. You just chose the wrong path. Like, you knew you had a choice, which is why you hid all of this from us. This is... Th- I don't know that we're selling this real well. This is fucking heartbreaking, Chris. I am like, it is. I'm sick to my stomach right now. Like even thinking about this episode. And Dean, he leans into the, like his, the Dean philosophy of, of what, what everything that went wrong with Sam and everything he tried to do with Sam when Sam was going dark side. He he says like, we deal with this stuff. We don't make deals with the devil. We've seen that that doesn't work. You come to your friends and you talk about this. Um, they should have worked together and and now now it's too late castiel says i think it's castiel who says he can't, it's too late he can't turn back um but dean being dean says like it's not too late we can still fix this it's it's they can fix it and and i think is it castiel who says dean yeah he says dean it's not broken they can't fix it because it's not broken and this is where castiel doubles down on everything Yep. You cannot he could either give in to his friends and say what I'm doing is wrong or he can keep pushing on the current path he's on and he what I mean what what else is Castiel supposed to do? He's he's up to his neck now and and he could try to swim back to shore or he could just take the plunge and he takes the plunge. Dean, it's not broken. I'm doubling down on the sureness of my plan and this is what this is what I'm going to do. And Eva tries to turn this on to Dean and say, you know, where were you when I needed to hear this? Like, where where were you when I would needed I needed you to tell me this? And where were you? And Dean says, I was there. Where were you? Like Dean Castiel had the opportunity to go talk to Dean about this, but he refused to to try to mm-hmm. you know try to protect Dean somehow. Which anytime these people try to protect one another, it's always for terrible. It's probably not for terrible reasons, but it always works out terribly. Like it's just never, it yeah. never works out to, to what they expect it to happen. And luckily uh, this is the case in, that happens. I haven't said this in a while, but it happens in a lot of episodes in season six, something shows up and they can't finish their conversation. <laughs> so yeah. a, a bunch of demons show up. There's this really cool scene where we see all of these uh, tendrils of black smoke over us, over like a moonlit sky, which we've known to be demons. Uh, like, chasing them like like going towards this house that they're that they're located in and so castiel demands that they leave they say get out of there like you, you need to leave now before all these demons show up because i can't do anything and they do they they jet which is a bummer because nobody gets to yeah. talk dean sends one final meaningful glance back at castiel before he he leaves um yeah and uh and then crowley shows up and and he lets castiel out and I think that there there's an interesting little conversation here between Castiel and Crowley because cause Castiel he's pretty angry about everything that's happened, but now he he just has to be resolute in his decision to to follow through with this, uh, and he's kind of posturing a little bit, hating on hating on Crowley, and Crowley says, um, "Let me see, you know the difference between you and me. I know what I am, 
what are you, Castiel? What exactly are you willing to do? And then Crowley leaves. And Crowley does try to get to into um, Castiel's head about Sam and Dean betraying him somehow. And I, I'll give Castiel credit for this. He doesn't buy into that at all. Um, I, th- I think Crowley scores the point of saying, like, at least I know what I am. At least I'm not trying to pretend to be something that I'm not. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he scores his point. But, like, it, it's it's telling to me that Crowley is bringing out the full arsenal of all of his demon tricks, right? Like, this is this feels like Crowley in full crossroad demon salesman mode of trying to convince. Yes. Like, it almost feels like he's trying to steal Castiel's soul, which, in a way, I, I have to imagine Crowley just can't help himself but from doing. Like, that's just the way that mm-hmm. he's used to interacting with people. Uh, and it's it's interesting that we've had that kind of turn because like, do you remember when, uh, was it Ruby or Meg who, when angels first started showing up in supernatural, she was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like this is way above my pay grade. And now we, now we see stuff like this where Crowley is, you know, has basically conned Castiel into becoming, into tarnishing his reputation into tarnishing his, he doesn't have a soul, but tarnishing his, I guess rep is the word I'm looking for. Reputation is the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. I'm not sure quite what mm-hmm. I'm looking for, but like staining himself with, you know, bad deeds. Yeah. Um, it seems like Crowley has the upper hand in whatever deal they have here. Um, you know, he talks about the new God and the new devil teaming up to, to rule, but Crowley is spinning this more and more in, in a villainous way. And, uh, yeah, it's not it's not reflecting well upon Castiel, who uh, we do get to have a little bit more. We get to have the breakup part three, a.k.a. top ten anime betrayals, where Castiel <laughs> goes to have one final talk with with Dean here. Um, he goes to see him at Bobby's. They argue and and Dean lands on just this this one thing of just asking Castiel not to do this just because no reason. Just just because he's like, you know, we, we, we are family. And I think he says, you know, you got to You got to trust me, man. And Castiel says, "Or what? So what? It, what if I don't? If I don't trust you? So let's talk about this because I, I, I really because Castiel starts this conversation by saying, "I'm doing all of this for you. I'm doing all of this to to protect you, or I'm doing it so that you know you, to prevent the apocalypse from happening again. But I'm doing it for you." And and, and Dean says, "Like no." you're being childish like this is this is you oversimplifying things you're baby in a trench coat again baby in a trench coat uh but dean turning this around and saying like hey i want you to do this because you're my family and because family does things for each other without asking without question and castiel is almost all of the family that he has right next to sam and right next to bobby a question came up um I don't remember exactly which episode it was. It was a couple episodes ago where, oh, it was about the French mistake when Sam says, uh, you know, we're going to go back to our, to the real world where all of our friends are. And you and I were like, what, right, what, right, what right. fucking friends? And uh, one of our listeners brought it up is like, well, do you think Castiel, do you think they consider Castiel a friend at this point? And I said no at the time. And uh, I, I think I had to go back and, and change that answer. Like, I think at this point, you know, Dean saying this to him now of saying, putting him at the same level as, you know, his, his top five free cell phone contacts, right? You remember that cell phone plan that was going around? (laughs) Um, but saying that Kaz is his family and that, Hey, you're, you should just do this because we're family, because this is what family does for one another, not for any specific reason. Like that's almost a freeing thing. Like you can just stop. 
Like you can just, and you, yeah. you don't have to have a reason to do it. Like you, there doesn't have to be any logic to it. You could just stop is a really powerful thing. And for Dean to present that to him and for Castiel to shut that down, I think is like you said, the breakup part three, top 10 anime betrayals. Like that's, that's, that's a yeah. sever in that relationship right there that I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I don't quite remember how the end of the season shakes out. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen mm-hmm. to this, this whole thing. Yeah. Because Dean's response to uh, Castiel's or what is, I'll have to stop you. And Castiel says, you can't, Dean. You're just a man. I'm an angel. I'm sorry, Dean. This is very, very reminiscent of the conversations that hopped up on Demon Blizzy Sam and Dean had. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, again, the power. But he says, I'm sorry, Dean. And, and, and Dean says, well, I'm sorry, too, then. And then it's, Cass is gone. And it cuts back to him up in, in this heaven. And he calls this a tragedy. In in human terms, this is what you would call a tragedy. It's it's friends coming together, fighting for this great thing, and then in the aftermath of this great thing, friends turn to enemies. Uh, and it is a tragedy because of everything that Castile fought for, the freedom inspired by by the Winchesters, and and more specifically inspired by Dean, and then legit top ten anime betrayals. Number one, Castile and Dean. Um, he's it's this is him praying to god this final scene he's he's tearful and he's asking what he's supposed to do because he's conflicted you know he felt like he he almost did it right but or he felt like he was on this path but now that his friends know and his friends are angry at him and dean has just said i have to stop you that can't feel good in any way shape or form and he's praying tearful but there are no answers from god I really like this scene. I like the reveal that he is praying to his father, that he's asking his father for help. I, it, it, it doesn't jive with me with the fourth wall breakage with that look into the camera from the very first of the episode. Yeah. Like, I wish they just hadn't done that one thing and, and they too. Be better. But. Like it, it, it feels, it feels out of place uh, looking back at it, but this, this scene like this throwing Castiel into this um, deep, place of confusion and angst like humanizes castiel in a way that we've they've kind of led up to and that during season mm-hmm. six i thought they had gotten away from but they 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 very creatively come back around to that and like him having this internal battle this moral battle of what he should do and of having to weigh you know millions of lives against uh so many lives and having to tell lies to save lives and things like right. that i think is is really fascinating especially for like a cosmic creature like an angel who presumably yes. is, is learning all of this for the first time it's not like he was raised to not lie like he didn't have a grandmother telling him that lying was wrong or that would spank him for stealing <laughs> quarters you know what i'm saying like he didn't have yeah. these like built-in lessons that humans have he didn't have john winchester dreaming he's learning all of this from dean i think he even tells dean at some point like you're the one that taught me about free will like i'm doing this for you but also because you taught me how to do this uh is really fascinating to me like it's it's a really it makes castiel way more interesting than i think he has been so far in season six definitely they um it's just it's with two really strong episodes like this it's so easy to just forget about some of the flops that we've had along the way mm-hmm. um but man yeah they're i'm like i'm really excited to see what's coming next because i i have like the, the vaguest of ideas of uh where it ends but yeah i don't really i don't remember all of it 
Yeah, I've got I've got some I got the overall picture in my head about what happens at the end of this, and I just don't quite remember all the details that get there. I'm going to be real real excited to go through all of them step by step and to talk about them. Like I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, any last thoughts before we GTFO? Uh no, no. I, I think I'm good. I'm really happy with these episodes. Uh, this is like the perfect way I think to to pull us up out of, out of our little slump we had in the middle of season six same this was we were texting back and forth like this got me excited to watch supernatural whereas a couple of the episodes into that we have covered lately i was like yeah these are these are okay episodes like i can take or leave this but this get me got me right back into that man i gotta watch it i gotta watch it i gotta watch it yeah yeah um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you're listening to this the week that it's released, you can see another extra bonus episode on the RSS feed this week. We, uh, we, both Chris and I jumped ahead to season 13 with no context and watched the uh, backdoor pilot for Wayward <laughs> Sisters. So go check that out. And if you like that, let everybody know. Uh, we want that to be kind of a, a place for people to get to know us in the modern day without having to listen to five or six seasons worth of podcast episodes. Uh, but thank you everybody for listening. Thank you for iTunes reviews. We've been co- recording for a really long time, so I'm going to, I'm going to trim <laughs> this admin section down. Chris, where can you be, ba- be found on the internet? I can be found at local bones on the internet. I am at JG Greer. You can talk to us at MOTWcast. Check out patreon.com slash monsteroftheweek.cool if you want to support the show directly. I've said it again, and I'll say it several more times. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. What's up? Gamer Within here hey. uh, with some quick uh, play-by-plays for all you tips and tricks out there. LOL, just kidding. Uh, you, you guys just are call gamers, me a trick? not tips and tricks. Is that what I you called did? you a tip and a trick. I'm the <laughs> gamer within, bro. I'm, I look, feel like that's worse. Than look inside yourself. <laughs> I feel like look that's inside worse. yourself and you'll see me, the gamer within. Chris, how does it feel to be caught out on YouTube today? To have your first, last name, and your internet handle to be just drugged through the mud today on a, a popular Dark Souls podcast YouTube channel? You I didn't were, appreciate it whatsoever. Shamed. I was shamed. And I don't really know why. <laughs> I don't know what I did to deserve it. Other than like not be that good at Dark Souls. <laughs> Which is fine, I think. You had uh you mentioned that you guys were like joking back and forth at some point. Is that like was this a, like a one bro mm-hmm. thing where you were like I couldn't I couldn't possibly do that or that you I were, were said, you fucking with said, him like, or something? Do, no, no, I think he I, when I posted a screenshot he said something but like do a do a one bro and I was like I can't <laughs> I would hate it and I wouldn't have fun. <laughs> it's fair. It's totally fair. Oh god, my fucking computer's always all right. It's fine. We're back. Hello, gamers. I don't know. I literally, dude, I was texting you. Okay. And then I stood up from my desk because I had to go do something. And I, to myself, thought, just just thought the words, the gamer within. And I laughed. Yeah, I like that. Just just to myself. I thought that that was really funny. And I don't know why. The gamer within. Wasn't the, I feel like that's a... I 
feel like there's like a joke there that like a popular internet joke there that I'm, I'm failing to pick up on. Is there like a Maybe. within meme or something? Who knows? It could, yeah, it could definitely be something. I just like, I sent it to Steve after and I, he was like evil within. And I thought I was like the spirits within uh, that old maybe, final fantasy movie. Is yeah. I'm thinking thing? about the evil within. Yeah. I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. could, could tell us. If, um, tell us about their gamer within. <laughs> yeah. If you have a gamer within you, please call 1-800-926-6254 and you may be entitled to certain benefits or, Renumeration for the gamer that was within you this entire time. Hey, so let me tell you about my. Um, we should we should we should get the ball rolling sooner than later this time because we're going to do an extra little sode. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 totally. Which give me, give I me didn't those take... sweet outtakes though. Give me, give me like, give me, give me, give me some sweet uh, um, anecdotes. Give me some sweet dotes. About to hit you with the dote. So, uh, yesterday morning, my father was perusing the uh, BJ's Wholesale Club uh, Sunday Flyer. Do you guys have BJ's down there? I mean, we do have BJ's down here, but it t- refers to something totally different. than uh, th- For sure. Like, it's, no like you know, it's like a Costco or something like that. Okay. okay oh, yeah. Cool. Um, so, it's, it's a, you, have, you know, I have to be a member to go get a BJ or, or go to BJ's. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Chris. But uh, he, uh, he, he, he was looking at the flyer, and he, he texted me, and he sent me, like, these, like, TV deals, and I was like, yeah, like, those are, that's, those are some sweet deals, but, like, I can't actually afford a TV. I thought I could, but, like, that's not, that's not gonna happen. And then he was like, alright, I'll spot you, and you just pay me back, because my dad loves, loves TVs, and he loves a good deal. So, you know, Padre hooked it up. I mean, I'm gonna pay him back, which is fine. Um, but, yeah, I got, I got the sweet hookup, so um, I went with him to go and get it, because I wouldn't have been able to fit it in my car. And uh, I was I was gonna get a forty nine inch TV, and then we saw the other ones, the fifty five inch TVs, and I was like, I mean, go big or go home, right? Yep. So I got Absolutely. a fifty five inch four K TV out of fucking nowhere. I was not expecting my Sunday four K uh, to go there. Yep. Okay, excellent. Um, so I I got it, and uh, we go back, and Jess was just like waiting for me, and I bring it in to set it up, and I realize as I like go to put the TV down, holy shit. Um, my TV stand isn't big enough for this TV, so fuck. Uh, the uh, stand was for my old TV was in the middle of the TV, so it, it worked out just fine. But this one, they're out there on the ends, and they just hung oh. over the side of my TV stand. And I was like, yeah. oh fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my dad was like, all right, hold on, I'll uh, I'm gonna go get like like a board, like a like just some wood, and I will like cut it <laughs> and then bring it back, and and put, wow. we, you just put it. So, so I got this makeshift ass TV stand right now. Thank you. And Barry. it's ugly. That's <laughs> dope. But it it yeah. So he um he, he was like, oh, I'm gonna try and build you a uh, a TV stand. We'll see if that happens. We'll see if it's even mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. usable. But he but just the TV is he, stable. Like, he like that's the most important part. Like if you TV stable, that's what's door, important. It wouldn't fall over. I have some. Yeah, I literally had me and my dad jumping up and down in front of it. All my action figures fell over, but the TV stayed still. <laughs> So that's good. He's gonna do some woodworking. I'm just gonna get a new TV stand eventually, and uh, that'll be that. However, before that, he like measured a bunch of stuff and was like, "All right, well, you're gonna have to move your bookcase over that's next to your TV to so make room for this." And I was like, "Yeah, no sweat. Let me move this over." 
<laughs> sorry. I forgot that you had already told me this, and I am so excited. Yes. Yeah. I'll shut up. I'm sorry. Please continue. So I uh, I start to, I'm like, all right, there's like three, four hundred volumes of manga on this shelf right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I'm not going through the trials and tribulations of taking it all off and moving this. I'm just going to move it over. Why, why, spend, uh, from, why spend 30 minutes to do something well when you could spend like an hour why spend, to do something terrible? Yeah, why spend 30 minutes doing something well when you could just cause your own death? So I, I'm like, all right, Jess was down doing something else. She was getting a broom or something. And I'm just like, yeah, no no sweat, Chris. You got this. I put my foot underneath it and I grabbed it from the, like, the middle of it because I'm like, that's the sturdy part. And I lift and just like, I'm just trying to like slide it over. Just I only need a couple inches. I just need to get it to move a little bit. And uh, I just hear like a fucking split crack awful noise right in the middle. The bookcase just buckles in half. Manga comes raining down. Uh, it was just, it was a whole goddamn predicament. Um, just, just try to picture every, every volume of Naruto spilling upon my soft, uh, soft, vulnerable flesh. Just plummeting. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it right now, Chris, and it is, it is something nice. I, it I was, it. uh, so yeah, I'm just, you know, manga falls everywhere. I'm able to, I was able to catch most of it, but now I'm like, uh, Jess, uh, Jess, can you please come here? You know, I they, need help. There's a, uh, there's an ancient Chinese torture called the death by 1000 cuts. Do you know this? Uh, of course. Of, of course. Uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, so you were almost, you almost invented a new torture, which is the yeah, death, death by, by 1000 manga. manga. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. or would you say 1000? Okay. Chris, you're going to have to help me out here. My entire life, I've said Naruto. But that's not the way you say Naruto. No, as far as I'm aware, it's Naruto. But you're definitely saying it differently than I just did right then. Yeah, you're saying Naruto and I'm saying Naruto. We're just putting the emphasis on different spots in the word. Like Naruto. Naruto. Like there's a dude named Naruto and you're telling him not. Hey, um, I'm going to go to YouTube.com. Oh, God. No, I'm not not actually going to watch any naruto <laughs> that's not gonna and let's right look now. at no i mean i've literally i I've, I've never watched uh i've never watched naruto i just have read the the, the comics naruto saying his own name <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be a good video yeah i'm, I'm excited for this throw it, throw it in the okay. uh, discord for me i want to see this um let's see if i can find one it's all like AMVs, let's see. Uh, how to pronounce Naruto. People try to pronounce anime characters' names. No, I'm not watching that. Naruto, how to pronounce the names right in Naruto. This is from the Anime Gamers. It's from five years ago. It's a 12-year-old boy. Let's oh see how yeah, he please, pronounces pl- them. Please link me this, Chris. I, okay. Just please right now. Please, okay, please. Hold on. Let me snatch that link for you real quick. Holy shit. <laughs> there it is. Oh, wow. Oh, this little dude. Hey guys, it's the anime gamers NS and I'm Austin and this video is about oh. um basically the pr- the right pronunciation This is a the, whole lot uh, characters names this is, and juice. This is a lot. This is 2 minutes long for how to pronounce Naruto. Um What I what I th- or think of what I think is is that we should kind of respect. I love looking at the Japanese comments and they're like, half of these are wrong. Japanese creator. <laughs> and um, do you know how, the very first comment? Uh, do you know how to pronounce a weeaboo? The anime characters say the <laughs> names in the anime uh. of Naruto. 
Like, for example... He is saying I'm, Naruto the way I've that I say some, it, though. So. Uh, gamers, At least I can confirm um, with uh, anime they gamers that I'm saying it right. Oh, I'm so. going to be Sasuke or Susanoo. When it's not called Susano or Susuke, it's called really called. You would really say Susano or Sosuke. This video, this was a joke video. I feel like I just got owned. All right, let's get off this, this gravy train for the, for the second time today. You got owned, Chris. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> this day, January twenty second, twenty eighteen, marks the first time. No, not the okay. Let's let's roll it back. It's just the anniversary of me getting owned. It is not the first time of (laughs) me getting owned. It's been a long owned by three hundred Naruto volumes in in your own house in your own Uh, bedroom. Long history of me getting owned. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You know what? Berserk. I'm just happy that Berserk has its own special shelf, and that those volumes did not fall and they were not damaged. Yeah. Yeah. True. You were way more worried about damaging the books than you were damaging yourself, which I think. Yeah. Was, oh yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I take a black eye or two if it means my books are going to be okay. But it, it, I, it, it was kind of weird. I was just like, well, I guess I don't like manga anymore. It's over for me because that that was a nightmare. You. I have half of a bookshelf now. The top half was like I could just put it on the ground. I was like, well, this is just a three shelf bookshelf now instead of a six shelf one. Um, oh God. So, so what are you going to do? What, what's, I don't, the, what's the outcome? I just changed my life. Sell everything I own. And um, okay. Cool, cool, cool. You want to? You want a room? I can rent your room. I can start like like I don't know. File my taxes. I mean, I gotta do that anyway. But um, just it's time to put childish things away. Hey, I I gotta take a break. I'm I'm sorry. Okay, I'm I'm so sorry. That's okay. Hey, Mister Tony. Reading. Oh no! From Bone Key, a supernatural novel. Six months ago, the demons gathered. Azazel had told them it would be happening soon. Not everyone believed Azazel, of course. For all his power, he was still a demon, and demons lied. No one knew that better than the demons themselves. And even if he wasn't lying, not all the Hellspawn were convinced that the old bastard would be able to pull it off. Some thought the plan too convoluted, corrupting a whole bunch of children and having them compete with each other to see who would be most worthy to lead Azazel's army. Some just didn't like the plan, especially since it called for them being led by a human. Yes, it was a human handpicked and handcrafted, in many ways, by Azazel, but still a human. This is just recapping of things we know. You know what? I'm skipping the. This is also, I just forgot to tell you that that was called Second Prologue. Uh, so let's just move on to Chapter 1. I want some fucking dialogue between the boys. Are they even in Chapter 1? I shouldn't have to be ten pages in in a supernatural novel and not see Sam or Dean. This is baloney. Okay, here we fucking go. Chapter 2. Happy New Year, boys. Sam Winchester held up the whiskey glass full of champagne. Bobby Singer didn't have any champagne flutes in his cupboard and said, Happy New Year, Bobby. His older brother, Dean Winchester, just held up his glass and gulped down the champagne. Ooh, Dean. Bad boy. Staring at the inappropriate glass, Sam said, You never struck me as a champagne type, Bobby. Bobby smiled under his beard. Yeah, I mostly stick to a shot and a beer, but it's New Year's. When I was growing up, we always had champagne on New Year's while we watched the ball drop. I still make sure to have a bottle in time for the end. 
Sam looked over at the small television in the living room, which was showing the huge crowd of people in Times Square. Many were wearing silly red hats and glasses shaped like the numerals of the new year, with the middle zeros of 2008 as, as the eyepieces. Dean was also staring at the screen, which was just switched to one of the hosts. Who had, which had just switched to one of the hosts. Wow. Who's the genius who thought replacing Dick Clark with Ryan Seacrest was a good idea? Swallowing the last of the ship, Bobby Champagne, Bobby said... The man had a stroke, Dean. I get that, but why replace him with this guy? I mean, Dick Clark did American Bandstand. All this guy's done is deny that he's gay. Whoa, Dean, Dean. I didn't know that was coming. You know what, you're right. Well, he wasn't on American Idol, Sam said. Fixing his younger... That was... Dean wouldn't say that. Well, maybe season three Dean would have. He wasn't exactly... Oh, well, I have a little uncomfortable about reading this now. I'm just going to skip forward to maybe a different chapter. Oh, Dean, please. What are any of these fucking books about? Sam and Dean are headed to Key West, Florida, home to Hemingway, Hurricanes, and a whole lot of demons. I'm pretty sure I've read this on the podcast before. The tropical town has so many ghouls on the loose, and one of its main money makers has long been a series of ghost tours. But the tours are no more, not since one of the guides was found dead of an apparent heart attack. His face frozen in mid-scream. They shut down every tour in Key West, Florida, because one guy died. No one knows what horrors he saw, but the Winchester brothers are about to find out. Soon they'll be face-to-face with the ghosts of the island's most infamous residents, demons with a hidden agenda, and a mysterious ancient power looking for revenge, such as Sam and Dean to save the citizens of Key West, before the beautiful island is reduced to nothing more than a pile of bones. That's where Bone Key comes in. 